the community of contributors as it relates to the support of the community of users, it's very clear to me that all of our contributors feel a little bit, I don't want to say hamstrung, but like they don't have the same touch points that they used to have to make the decisions that we all have to make. I'm optimistic that we can get back to in-person events so that we can have that high value information from our users of the CMS more and faster and better. It's the start of the new year, and the thing you don't want on your mind is hacked WordPress websites, malicious code, or some bot taking down your WooCommerce store. Trust the team at Malcare to protect your site or collection of sites if you're an agency. Check out what they have to offer at malcare.com. From scanning, monitoring, firewalls, and automated removal, don't let WordPress security be the thing that keeps you up at night. Use malcare.com. Malcare is brought to you by the same team behind Blog Vault, one of the industry's most trusted backup solutions for WordPress, so why not trust them this year to protect your WordPress site for you? Say thanks to Malcare for supporting the show and start protecting your WordPress website for free at malcare.com. What does the executive director of WordPress do? If you're like me, you know Josepha hayden Champosé is the director for WordPress, the open source project in title, but you probably don't know what she does on a day-to-day basis or that she's part of the open source group division inside of Automatic. Something I always knew, but once framed that way in discussion, well, it was more interesting to hear. I was lucky enough to chat with Josepha for nearly an hour, so I'm breaking up the conversation into two special parts. Today, part one, will cover the logistics of her role, bringing WordCamps back, question mark, and the challenges with Gutenberg. Thanks to the folks over at Malcare for supporting this episode of The Matt Report. If you want to support me, you can buy me a digital coffee or join the super not-so-secret Discord group for $79 a year at buymeacoffee.com slash Report. Okay, Josepha, who are you and what do you do? You say that's the easiest question, but like <laughs> anyone who has spent any time with me knows that I also spend a lot of time like considering like what 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 are my what am I doing? What right. what purpose do I bring to the world? Who am I when I'm not trying to accomplish things? Like yeah, it's easy, but it's not easy. So yeah, Josepha Hayden Champoussi, uh, WordPress Projects Executive Director since 2019. So I'm starting my what third year of it. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, starting my third year of it. Phew, time flies. And That's 30 years in COVID years, by the way. <laughs> Ain't that true? Ain't that true? And and before I did this, I actually was, as my Twitter bio suggests, very much into digital literacy and making sure that, that communities were safe and sound. Because I think that communities are the foundation of everything that we try to do in the world. And yeah. So, yeah, that's me. There's a lot of folks who think of community as, well, it's a big marketing buzzword for sure, oh. right? Everyone who has a product company wants a community, but they're looking at community in, well, probably a very lesser form definition in a silo and something to just kind of prop up either their brand or product, maybe get some feedback and get really interested customers. Community yeah. is a whole different ballgame and scale at your level Give us a sense of just like the daily routine one has to go through to manage what you have to manage. Gosh, from a community aspect or just from like me? Yeah, you wake up and and you're and you look at your wall to wall (laughs) meetings because I I imagine largely that's what you're doing is meeting, talking to people, fusing ideas together, shaking hands, dealing with folks, maybe crying and laughing and arguing. 
How do you do it? I'll tell you, number one, that only about a quarter of my time is spent in meetings, which is really different from from how it used to be. I used to spend about 60% of my time in meetings, and that was really hard. Just because when you're in a meeting, you really have to stay present to to really support the people that you're there with and and also to really get that work done and be as fruitful as you can with it. And so about about a quarter of my time now is in meetings and actually like I've got I've got a number of hats obviously because I'm the executive director of the WordPress project but I also lead the open source practice at Automatic. Um and so there's a, a lot going on there. And the best way that I have to manage it at the moment is to just kind of set focus intentions for my day. Like I used to have a day where I just worked on automatic things or when I just worked on community things. And like that's still documented out in the world, like the the themes that I have for each day so that like if people had had to work with a deadline, they knew what I was going to probably get to on various days so that they could time their information to me. It was super useful when I didn't have quite as big a job as I have now. But now I kind of have a day where I focus on meetings. I have a day where I focus on the strategy. I try to make sure that if I have any community things that I'm blocking, I try to get those accomplished like before the big meetings, which generally is like Wednesdays and Thursdays. And so <laughs> I try to get get everybody the information that they need to keep moving on time. But I actually start basically every day with about 30 minutes of, of mindfulness, just no meetings, no Slack open, no anything else. And just making sure that I understand what my goals are for the day, what my tasks tend to be for the day. Mm-hmm. And then I end every day with about 30 minutes of what I like to call my ta-da list, not in t- instead of a to-do list, <laughs> things that I got done and that I need to get done tomorrow. So. little positive affirmation to end, yeah. the, uh, end the day. You say that op- the open source practice is sort of a different approach, maybe something that you wrangle or manage differently. Can you give us, like, give the listener a sense of what that might be? At automatic, or just generally, do I approach open source differently? You mentioned that you that you either manage or work on the open source practice of WordPress. Is that something different than the than the day to day role of of the executive director? Huh. <laughs> yes and no. So on the one hand, I do. We technically are referred to as a division inside Automatic. It's the open source group division, and I just I don't know. Saying division seems very clinical, and also very divisive, like splitting things in two when maybe we we need to do a bit less of that right now. And so when I refer to it as open source practice, it's a little bit because I'm trying to make it clear that it's like an ongoing thing that we work on, an ongoing thing that we do, but also mm. to identify that it is that, yeah, we do, we kind of approach it differently. So open source as a practice rather than open source as just a general methodology, I think Mm. has a wider application than just software or just your product. I think that open source, many of those 19 lessons of open source that exist out there could be seen as just like core intentions for how to accomplish things. And when you move it away from just like, this is a core directive for how to build software and instead think of it as this open source methodology that you can use to coordinate an effort. I think it makes a big difference to how you accomplish things in open source projects. And so, yes, that's, I wouldn't say it's different from my work as the executive director, but I do know that people don't necessarily identify that work. Right. How big is that division? 
that particular division is just over 100 people at this point. And then we also have, we, the WordPress project, also have the Five for the Future contributors who work um, with me. And that's a little lighter touch. <laughs> they they get about a, a ping or two a week from me, just asking gotcha. what I can help them work through and just checking in with them generally. And there's probably like 20, 25, maybe 50 if we're generous outside of automatic that are doing that. So, yeah. And do the core contributors that contribute to WordPress, open source, open source WordPress from automatic, do they fall under that division or can folks be from any division in, in at automatic to contribute to core? Yeah. Most of them do uh, line cool. up in this division, but there are also, because so many of automatic's products are, are part of the WordPress ecosystem. There are also plenty of people that are just in automatic as a whole that are contributing to core. And if I could just illustrate that from a non not automatic company, this could be something like a yeah. GoDaddy might have a open source division, right? And their objectives uh, or mission would be to give back to open source, and they would say, "Hey, let's give back a little bit to WordPress. Let's give a little bit to whatever Joomla or PHP or exactly. something else that's open source." You'd have this collective that that their mission is to, "Hey, we're part of this bigger company." The bigger company isn't all about open source, and we're missioned to go out and, and contribute to open source. Exactly right. So Bluehost has uh, a group like that. Go, GoDaddy does have a group like that. Google also. Yoast. All those, all those folks in there. M others as well. I'm not, I'm not intentionally leaving other people out. It's just that there are probably like a hundred different companies, and I will not be able to just yeah. rattle them all <laughs> off that way. Speaking of GoDaddy. Looking at con core contributors, I don't have the pie chart in front of me. Actually, in fact, it wasn't even a pie chart, but there were lots of circles so with automatic circles. <laughs> <laughs> representing the largest piece. Yeah. If you were to give advice to other companies to, I don't know, spin up divisions, give more, spin up open source divisions, give back more to whether it be WordPress or another division, are there one or two like key things? If I want to form an open source division or to contribute more, What's the best step forward for a, an organization to to either measure it or approach it, to yeah. rally people around it? Do you have like one or two things that you look to as a North Star? Yeah. So firstly, if you're if you are thinking about creating an open source team who's either planning to give back to WordPress or just planning to give back to open source in general, there is actually a five for the future white paper that exists yeah. to just like essentially take to your your corporate entity that says like this is what it means to give back to this product that has given to us and it's i think on wordpress.org slash five i think there's a link to it right there but if not then we'll get it done uh, and and that in the end does direct you kind of to me to make sure that you have all of the information about the open source philosophies that we're working with in the wordpress project and also make sure that 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 we all kind of understand what the goals of the WordPress project are at the moment. And so there is kind of just like a kickoff call with me to see if everyone agrees. It's like any any relationship that you're entering into, everyone should understand what we're working with first and then make that choice together. So that's one thing that anyone can take a look at. Also, if as an employer or just as yourself want to contribute from like a five for the future pledging perspective, but don't necessarily have the time or resources to commit like a whole team's worth, there is actually a contributor training series that you can go through that gives you the basics of like, 
how WordPress does open source, how open source functions in software, and also covers things like how we make decisions in WordPress, all of that stuff. I believe that's on wordpress.org slash contributor hyphen training mm. or something like that. We can find the link uh, for your show notes. But yeah. yeah, those are both excellent ways to just like take stock of what that kind of contribution tends to look like and see if it's a good fit. I'd imagine that part of your role or part of your efforts are to knock on the doors of of big businesses that might be leveraging WordPress and saying, hey, I think you can donate another person or two or 20 to the cause. What 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 is that like? Are those efforts fruitful for you? Are, are there certain strategies you try to put in place before you knock on the door of, I don't know, I'll, I'll use GoDaddy just because it's the top of mind right now, but sure. a GoDaddy or a Bluehost or whomever? Right. Yes. Or the government. So, or the government. <laughs> right. I have never knocked on the door of the government to ask them to contribute back <laughs> Let me know when you find that door. <laughs> Which door is it? I don't know, Neo. Find another one. <laughs> find another door. Yeah, no. So, yes, there is general, I don't, I call it fundraising just mm -hmm. because I understand that, like, there are four-ish different economies in the WordPress ecosystem and not all of them are about money. Uh, a lot of them are about time and and other things. But so yeah, I do that outreach every year for the most part. And actually Matt does that as well. So Matt often will start with like the highest decision making levels because you you do kind of have to get some buy-in on that. Not not this Matt, dear right. readers. <laughs> other Matt, Matt Mullenweg. What was I saying? Yeah, he frequently will start at like the CEO levels of having those conversations and then they move to me to kind of have a better understanding of what it looks like, what it could look like, what we want it to look like, all of that stuff. As far as like, do we, do we, do I do anything to like prepare companies for that? Not really. The Five for the Future program has been an excellent experiment and has been growing for years. And, and I don't know that I have ever felt the need to like prime prime anyone for the ask of like, do you have anyone who can help us with these security patches? Do you have anyone who can help us with these design issues that we have? Like, I've never felt the need to do it necessarily. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. As I mentioned, like yeah. Matt does that also, he does that outreach as well. And so if there's priming for that call from that, that outreach from me, it's mm. probably happening there. Forgive my not understanding fully of how the inner workings of Automatic works, but from executive directors that I've worked with in, a in my local community, a lot of them are for nonprofits and a lot of them are, are raising money and that's a large part of their job. Do yeah. you do that at all at, for any degree of the WordPress, for the WordPress Foundation or is that completely separate, not even in your purview? I used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it is not in my purview anymore. We actually okay. have uh, some community folks that really have done excellent work to keep that program moving. All of this, the global sponsorship programs, they do that work these days. I did used to, but, but not now. So. Okay. Fantastic. And speaking of the, of the foundation, WordCamps coming back, question yeah. mark. We just had WordCamp US last year year. And now I think Birmingham is next. In if, February. I, yeah. if I have that correct, is there, are there others coming? Is, is that something that you're looking forward to proceeding cautiously with again? I know there was yeah. something on the tavern about no or little to no masks at the last camp. A lot of folks worried about it. What's your prediction or what's your outlook on local meetups? 
Yeah. Our local camps, sorry. So WordCamp US actually was was a virtual this year. WordCamp US was state of the word. Was, state of the word. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Was it uh, felt like a WordCamp because everyone was celebrating it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was an excellent experiment, and it actually was not our first in person event. There was a WordCamp in Sevilla. I want to say that that weekend right before state of the word that was our first one back and then yes we've got birmingham on the calendar we have wordcamp europe on the calendar as an in-person event and we have wordcamp us 2022 on the calendar as as an in-person event cautiously with cautious optimism is that a thing i can say we're yeah. proceeding forward with cautious optimism about everything it. in san diego is cautious optimism <laughs> <laughs> excellent i'll let them know yeah like I have been I I've been talking to people about this a lot this week. So much of the information that we get from from everyday users of WordPress about what they love and what they don't love, what they need and what they want with the software comes from those events and not having them has certainly been very difficult for the community as a whole to to keep on top of their own resilience, but mm -hmm. but the community of contributors as it relates to the support of the community of users. Like it really, it's very clear to me that all of our contributors feel a little bit, I don't want to say hamstrung, but like they don't have the same touch points that they used to have to make the decisions that we all have to make. And so I, that's the optimistic side. Like I'm optimistic that we can get back to in-person events so that we can have that, that, high value information from our users of the CMS more and and faster and better. And the cautious side is, of course, that everything is changing with this from week to week at this point. Like for a while, it was month to month things were changing. And now it's week to week things are changing. And, and I never want to put people at undue risk. And so am prepared to, to make the best call that we can make in the moment. And mm -hmm. as things move as quickly as they are, it has made it more difficult. When things were just kind of progressing on a month-to-month -month scale, you had time to, to cancel things or to move them or, or whatever you had to do. But in the case of Omicron, that moved so quickly that, that there was a little bit of blindsidedness happening on it. So. Is there I more don't know if I've answered your question. It, no, you have, <laughs> or you've led us to at least maybe the next question, which, or the maybe right. just helping me define a better question is: Is there more stress on the the local volunteers mm. to raise money because one, there might not be enough ticket sales for enough people; two, maybe businesses have retracted from sponsoring camps. And three, I, I think mm. that there's less money at hand, right, to to dole out to WordCamps in the fund, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> in the fund, yeah. So that's such a complicated question. We the so the the WordPress community support entity mm -hmm. has been providing still a good portion of of the infrastructure that people need in order to organize a WordPress event. And as far as like getting fiscal sponsorship, getting financial sponsorship from local entities, I am sure that it is more stressful, yeah. but I don't know that, that we as like the stewards of this community have said like, you have to find more local sponsorship because we cannot commit to as much global sponsorship. I don't, yeah. I don't recall 
that happening with any of the events that we've seen lately. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Let's let's shift gears back to sure. to WordPress to Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. We think back. Well, we have WordPress five point nine in nineteen ish twenty fifth nineteen ish days, right? No one be uh, scared. Great. <laughs> thinking back three and a half ish years ago, whenever mm-hmm. Gutenberg was announced, there was uh, mass chaos, mass hysteria. Oh my God, we've got this Gutenberg thing. What is it? Don't want it. Everyone up in arms about it. I, for one. Well, maybe I didn't enjoy the way it rolled out and the way it was communicated. Uh, as a non-developer, I was it, it, when people started using it, I was like, "This is this is this is just software. It's going to get better." I think here we are, three and a half years later. It's a much different product. It's much more refined from obviously when it started because it's been three ish and a half years. Five, although, if I, you've been working on it in the background, yeah, if you were, <laughs> or if you were, yeah, if you were in the early beta access, you, yeah. you, were, you were playing with it. If you knew how to download it from GitHub, those fancy if, people, <laughs> those fancy people, I don't even know <laughs> above my pay grade. Although I still struggle to drag some blocks in between columns sometimes. Sure. That's a little bit frustrating. But mm-hmm. do you think the the time that full you think it'll take the same amount of time? basically is what I'm getting at for full site editing to mature and to be adopted? Or do you think this is going to be fast paced because now we've kind of experienced Gutenberg? My short answer is I do not think it's going to take as long. And I'm going to give you a long answer now. So (laughs) on the one hand, I think it's true that people are now a bit more bought in, like our users are quite a bit more bought in on, on this change than they were in 5.0, there's there's a reason for them to trust that it's the right direction. We have consistently been showing that ever since 5.0 came out. And so like, yeah, I think that on the one hand, there's a lot more willingness in public sentiment and public grace that we have at the moment. And so from that aspect, I think that, that we're in a much better position than we were when we were merging things in 5.0. But also between 5.0 and now, we have actually heard, and by we, I'll just be super clear, I have heard (laughs) so much that it's not necessarily the change that upset people. It was how we made the change. And I totally understand that. People felt left out. They felt like it was forging ahead without them, like there was no way they could keep up with it. And I I understand that. Like it's the Gutenberg project was and is moving along a lot faster then WordPress core moves along from the from the standpoint of like how frequently they have releases. So releases every two weeks is very different from releases every four months. And so having heard from so many people in so many different areas of the project that that it was the way that we did it that was so upsetting, between 5.0 and now, we actually have done together a lot of work to change the way that we talk about it. And so there are a lot more consistent updates from the folks who are working consistently within the core Gutenberg spaces of things, including stuff like our performance metrics that we are gauging, all of the features that we're planning, the features that did get in there in the last two weeks. Like we're just communicating more in that space, but also we have really reinvigorated the testing area and the triage practice, both of those practices across the WordPress ecosystem and created a number of different places for anyone to get this kind of information and sponsored a number of different uh, spaces where users and developers and agency owners and, and decision makers, technical or not, have been able to get better information about what they need to know about the software. And so when was 5.0 at the end of 2018? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, since 2018, I would say that there are probably four or five really big projects that have helped us to move past that whole, like, it's the way you did it. Like we figured out the ways that we did it that made people mad and we've made changes to fix them. There are four or five large scale things that you can see, but also a lot of just small individual things that each team or any contributor does to make that whole process a little less scary, a little more tidy, a little easier to see. Everything that we're doing on Learn right now with trying to get more and more workshops and courses and lessons out for people, like, yeah, we've done a lot of work based on the feedback that I got. I did a six-month listening tour after 5.0 to hear how mad everyone was. <laughs> that was said with a big sigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was It was hard. I Like, a listening tour is hard anyway, but sure. I spent six months going to the events with people who were the maddest at WordPress and at me and at Matt and, and did nothing but like, tell me how much you hate this. And that's all I wanted to hear. I didn't have reasons or explanations or excuses for anything. Like their feelings of anger were because they felt like we hadn't heard them. And so I was showing up to hear them. And, and in that six months time, that is when I identified these are the things we need to fix in the future. And yeah. we've spent years fixing them. And I'm very proud of that work. So uh, It's a perfect segue to a couple other questions. Let's get the pitchforks and the torches out, folks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, surprise, you're on a game show. Have you seen Running Man? No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, on the listening tour, I'm sure you heard things like, oh, what we're doing here is we're just competing against Squarespace and mm. Wix. Why do we want to? This is, I'm sure you heard that, right? Yeah. WordPress just wants to compete against Squarespace and Wix. My response is, duh. <laughs> <laughs> of <course> duh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. Like, I want to compete against Squarespace and Wix so that we can, because I want WordPress to survive. Do you, yes. th do you think that, did one, did you hear that sentiment? And two, do you think that's kind of going away and, and feeling like, yeah, actually, we do want to compete against them to, to win? I definitely heard it a lot. And I hear it a lot even now. There are, there are two sides to that conversation. Because sometimes people are like, you're competing against these things that are so tiny. Why bother? And sometimes it's, you're competing against something that is not the group of that's not catering to the group of people that WordPress wants to cater to. And so like there are two different takes on that particular argument and I see both sides of it. But also like technology always you have to stay relevant and you have right. to move fast enough to be if if not a competitor to a tiny thing that exists now. Because like, sure, it's not a threat if it's 1% of usage across the web. But but there is something to be said for self-disruption in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I like this is my favorite example to use. So like when the iPad came out and there were just like tablets everywhere and the iPad mini came out. Right. And everyone was like, there's no point in having an iPad mini. We do not know why Apple is doing this. This is the most useless thing. Yeah. Like people were like, why are you even bothering? No one wants this. One, plenty of people wanted it. And two, taking the opportunity to, to, to disrupt what's happening in your own ecosystem before other people can show up and, and do that disruption to you? <laughs> like, that's smart. Right. That's a good idea. And so I do know that Gutenberg has been a really disruptive change and that for a lot of people, it also has been a breaking change, even if it's not like breaking websites or breaking the code or breaking your dashboard. A broken workflow is still a breaking change for you. And like, that is why 
Gutenberg is is as a project being done over so many years. Um, if if you feel like asking me about <laughs> about the reason that that was the right call, I would tell you. But most people don't care. But yeah, like moving fast enough to stay relevant, slow enough to bring people with you where you can is so smart and not only for the project, but for the people who rely on the project to have better lives. So. True or false, this is this is not about open source WordPress, but this is about yeah. automatic. And I, I would say that, well, true or false, the challenge, true or false in your opinion. is the, Building is the, some caveats in here. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, put you too much on the spot, yeah. but true or false, your opinion, the challenge for automatic is on innovation and pushing the software forward and freaking everything, WooCommerce, Gutenberg, WordPress.org, Jetpack, the challenge is still not enough people, I'd imagine, to, to help mm. produce push code to, to improve everything across the board. You threw so many pieces in there that I cannot give a true false because that's probably true for some and less true for others would be my mm. guess right now. Let's, talk, um, let's say Gutenberg, true or false, not enough people to, to really refine the whole thing fast enough. I don't know if you can hear my stomach growling because like my microphone is right down by my stomach. I apologize if you can. Like I don't have a monster in the room. It's just your, my stomach. Your stomach cannot answer the question. <laughs> it tried real hard. It had so many things to say. Yeah. So for Guten, so you're asking true false for Gutenberg is yeah, the we'll limiting factor that yeah. we don't have enough people. Let me frame some context around it. When I interviewed okay. Matt, when I interviewed Matt back in January 2021, there's just there's so much on the plate for automatic. In terms of .com, Jetpack, WooCommerce, which is just a sleeping a sleeping giant. We don't have anything close to a WooCommerce Shopify yet. Yeah. And I look at Automatic and I say, the biggest problem for Matt right now is just, there's just not, he can't hire fast enough hmm. to, to iterate and develop these products. There's just not, it's, in, it's, it's just impossible for somebody to hire this many folks and get them up to speed to, to push these products. Got I it. feel the same for Gutenberg. And I guess the open source answer is, yeah, more, maybe more people should step up or more brands and organizations that have the money, hosting companies, should <laughs> step up to, to contribute to this, right? To refine the product. Like, I want to be able to drag my block in between three columns without yeah. me losing my mind. Oh, man. I have a very complicated false for you. Okay. I know. So, okay. So, there are a lot of people contributing to Gutenberg and... And while we can always use more people contributing, that we cannot contest, there is actually a different limiting factor that's not necessarily about developers. And so I'll just get real clear. So there, I don't I don't know that other people agree with me about this and and that's you know their prerogative. But as someone who is looking across our entire ecosystem, across our entire project from a, a pretty high level with a huge number of, of data points that are coming to me from, from the community, I can say with pretty high confidence that some of the more pressing limiting factors are things like we don't have enough um, essentially mid-level deciders who mm -hmm. can say confidently, these are the black and white questions that have already been answered. This is the answer and move everybody forward. Like we have a lot of bottlenecks that are still built into that, into that 
product. There is also an incredibly limiting factor of our user outreach, like our unactivated community members, as I like to call them in my notes to myself, are the, the community members that represent our community of users. So people who don't necessarily know that the project exists, they don't necessarily know that they can like provide feedback about what is working, what's not working, what's broken, what is what could be made better. Like the lack of feedback from them frequently is something that is more of a limiting factor than not having enough developers. Now, if the entire WordPress user base showed up and was like, here's all of our feedback, like for sure, we would suddenly discover that we don't have enough developers to get those things done. Right. Can confirm. <laughs> but but yeah, I think that our more pressing issue is around the people who can help us like confidently say this is the most likely decision based on what we know from Matthias, who is our primary kind of Gutenberg architect or Riyadh or whoever it is. We just have such a small group of people who can do that. And that's true to an extent in the WordPress project as well. There are various things that we could blame that on. <laughs> COVID yep. is a great example of a thing that sure. might cause uh, people to be less less engaged in that level of, of contribution. But yeah, I think that in the hierarchy of, of things where I would say, yes, we definitely have a dearth of those, those two would come up prior to developers on the open source side. Hey, it's Matt. That's it for today's episode. Remember, this is a special two-part series with Josefa. Stay subscribed so you don't miss the next one. If you liked today's episode, don't thank me. Thank our sponsor, Malcare. If you're looking to protect your WordPress website or your customer's WordPress website, Malcare makes it easy, affordable, and secure. You can get started for free by visiting malcare.com. Creating independent content like this is a lot of work from a lot of people. We can't thank Malcare enough for supporting independent content like Matt Report and the WP Minute. Please support Malcare like they support us. Check out malcare.com. <laughs>